Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to another episode of Argyle Chat. Just me today on this podcast, but don't worry, I won't inflict you for a full half an hour of just my voice. Later in the podcast, we're very excited to have Paddy Cording on the show. Now, some of you might remember that Paddy is the Argyle fan that was they famously tripped up at the Stadium of Light in Argyle's defeat to Sunderland at the halftime entertainment show. Um, he's since gone viral and he talks to us about, about that trip and about how much he's enjoying the spotlight being on him. So that's to come. We have that to look forward to. Um, but first, I'll briefly talk about um, the two games Argyle have had since the last podcast. That was a nil-nil draw at home against Luton Town and then obviously the win against Shrewsbury Town 2-1 on Tuesday night. So first of all, four points from those two games and I think that's a super, superb return. Um, first of all, the 0-0 draw against Luton Town. I don't think many fans were expecting Argyle to pick anything up from that game. Luton have been on a superb run. I think it's something like, at the time of playing, 22 league games unbeaten. Something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Chris is normally the man that remembers all the stats like that. Um, but they haven't lost a league game since October, so that's for half a season. So for Argyle to get a 0-0 draw, I don't think that's a bad result. Derek Adams changed his tactics for that game. Obviously, he went five at the back to soak up the pressure. He brought um, Joe Riley into the team, who I thought had possibly one of his best games for Argyle. And as we know, he kept his place for the game against Shrewsbury. Um, Yes, Argyle might not have scored, and they didn't score against Sunderland in the game before that. But that's against two very tough opponents who have vast amounts of finance to spend on their squad. Um, So a nil-nil draw against Luton is not to be sniffed at. Keeping a clean sheet against the team as well is a great result and will do wonders for the confidence of Matt Macy. Now, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I've sat on this podcast and criticised Matt Macy this season. I don't think he's been good enough throughout the whole season. I think his communication in the box and of his defenders in front of him has been poor. His distribution's not been good enough. Um, Yes, he's capable of making some good saves. But on the whole, I don't think he's had a great season. But he did well against Luton, got a clean sheet. Um, and he deserves praise for that. I think he made one save in particular that was very, very good. Um, and had he not been there and made that save, then Argon may well have not got a point from that game. Obviously, then Shrewsbury on Tuesday, he didn't have a whole lot to do, but he did save a penalty from Ollie Norburn. Sadly, the, the parried ball went straight back to Norburn, who slotted it in. But again, you sort of hope that these little building blocks will build confidence for Matt Macy um, if Carl Leveron's going to be out for a bit longer. Um, moving on to the Shrewsbury game, I think after one point from the two games previously, even though it was a good result, Argyle was still dangerously close to the relegation zone. A much-needed win, the 2-1 win over Shrewsbury. Um, it sort of answered any possible worries to any Argyle fans that thought they're too close to the relegation zone. If Shrewsbury won that game, they would have leapfrog Argyle in the table. But as it stands now, Argyle are 12th in the League One table. And there might only be five points of relegation, but... They've now got half the league below them, and I think that's a good place to be in. Um, Argo had a very, very good attacking first half against Shrewsbury. Anthony Sarsavik, who played for Shrewsbury for a short spell of time, could have scored very early on, if you remember. Uh, the, the Shrewsbury goalkeeper came out. The ball didn't quite get into his box, so he couldn't pick it up. He headed it away straight to Sarsavik, who really should have lobbed the keeper, but en- ended up hitting it straight at him, and, 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 and he saved it. Um, luckily in the 8th minute Freddie Ladapo was the man to bundle the ball home to put Argyle 1-0 up a quick corner 
although from my angle, and I haven't seen a replay back yet, but I will have a look. From my angle, it didn't look like the ball had crossed the line. Ollie Norban, like he had got to it in time and cleared it out for a throw-in. But the referee gave the corner. Um, I got to it quickly. Shrewsbury didn't respond. They were too busy moaning at the referee. It was played short to David Fox. David Fox crossed the ball in. It just beat the reaching arm of the keeper on the floor. And Freddie Ladipo was there to bundle it home and put Argyle 1-0 up. Now, anyone that was there on Tuesday, I think that there was roughly 8,500 fans in attendance, which for a Tuesday night game is superb. Argyle were absolutely rampant in the first half. Freddie Ladipo had a chance to score again. Ruben Lemiris had a good chance. Graham Carey had a good chance. If Argyle got into the half-time break, 4-0 up, they wouldn't have looked out of place. But it had a, the, very much the feel of the Rochdale game um, to it, where, if you remember, in, the, in that Rochdale game, Argyle dominated that first half as well. I think they had 11 corners against Rochdale, but they only went into the lead, into the break, sorry, 1-0 up. Um, and I always think it's a dangerous place to be at halftime. If you've been rampant in the first half and only have a one-goal lead to show for it, you can sort of know that the opposition manager is going to give his team a bit of a few stern words at halftime. They're probably going to come out a different prospect in the second period. It happened against Rochdale. They got a goal back. Luckily for Argyle, they ended up having a pleasant off and Argyle went on to win 5-1 against Shrewsbury. Yet again, Shrewsbury came out in the second half and they were the better team. Um, Joe Riley was replaced by Derek Adams. Um, Oscar Frelko came on and he pushed Songo into the defence to make it a five-man defence like the formation against Luton. That was not a good decision. It didn't work in Argos' favour. They Shrewsbury pulled a goal back through the penalty spot, although, like I've already said, Matt Macy did save the, the spot kick and Norburn slotted home. And Shrewsbury were on top for a good spell of time. And it did look at one point, going into the last 15 minutes, that Shrewsbury would be the team that might go on and get the winning goal because Argos were just all out of, out of sorts. Derek Adams, however, rectified the mistake. He went back to his 4-2-3-1 formation, um, Jan Songo made way for Jamie Ness. Argo got on top again, and as as we know, Ruben Limuris made a great run into the box, was fouled, and Graham Carey stood up and slotted home a penalty superbly, I might add. So, as I said, Derek Adams got a lot of praise for his change of formation for the Luton game, but he almost cost Argo with that change um, against Shrewsbury. The reason he did it is because they made a substitution, put another man up top, and Adams thought that would be the best way to defend. Like we said, it didn't work, but Adams did revert back to his, for, uh, his former formation, and they went on to win the game 2-1, much to the delight of the Green Army. Um, right, so that's my brief summary of the last two games, and what I'll do now is um, we'll listen to the interview with Paddy Cording, who is the Argyle fan who was famously tripped up at the Sunderland Stadium Light during the halftime entertainment. Since then, he's been on Soccer AM, and this is what he had to say. So a big hello to Argyle fan Paddy Cording. Hi, Paddy. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, so first of all, Paddy, how did it all come about? Well, it was, uh, it was obviously the Sunderland game. Uh, so it was about half past two in the afternoon. Uh, me and my friend Sam, who I come down to, you know, the two of us have got season tickets, and uh, we said we'd go up for the for the Sunderland game, Stadium of Light, Premier League season a few years ago, when at Stadium. So said yeah. we'd go up for that one. And um, yeah, just before the game, we're having a having a pie and a pint in the uh, just in the stand, and um, and this ch- this chap walks up to us and just says. Do either of you fancy being a part of the halftime show? It's something that they do every week, apparently. Um, 
so I said I, I love being the centre of attention I said yeah of course I would so um, <laughs> yeah half, half time came about and he's there waiting at the bar for me takes me down to the side of the pitch tells me exactly what we've got to do and um, and yeah that was it really just went from there did the challenge and then as soon as it was over got taken back up to the seats and, and that was that so I, I only met Russell uh, at the side of the pitch um, minutes before we did the challenge so uh that's how it all came about. It was a very, very sudden thing. We had we had no idea when we were going to the stadium that anything like this was going to happen. Yeah, I mean the, the actual event itself. You know, as, as we all saw from the video, you you were willing, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was, I was very keen to to just do it. I just, I just thought, you know, well, how many opportunities do you get to run around the stadium alike <laughs> yeah. in front of thirty two thousand people? You know, and in front of two thousand Plymouth Argyle fans. I mean, I couldn't have asked for much more, really. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So we saw your reaction after you were tripped. I mean, was that genuine anger or were you just sort of playing up to the camera a little bit? So, uh, a bit of both, really. I was a little <laughs> bit annoyed because I've just been tripped over in front of 30,000 people who made to look a fool and I wasn't happy about that. But uh, turned around and saw the camera and I thought, that's the first person I'm going to talk to because, you know, it's the first thing I saw. And then, uh, and then the next person I ran over to, to, to say what was that all about was Matt Macy. So, oh really? No officials or anything. I just ran over and started shouting at Macy. Did you see that? <laughs> it like, yeah, that was unbelievable. So, yeah, it was it was a little bit of anger, but you know, mainly it was just we were just there having a laugh, you know. Yeah. What was said to you after that then? Uh, well, Russell came over and just said, you know, it's all it's all a bit of a laugh, and we just had a laugh and joke about it, and. Uh, then had a photo together and that, and that was it really it was it was over very very quickly but uh well if i say it was over quickly it's still going on now <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as you know, we've all seen the film and um, obviously the, the video has since gone uh, viral. When did you become aware of just how big the video was? Well, it was it was probably the next morning, to be honest. Uh, so we so we decided, uh, well, I said to the guy who came and got me at half time, I said, uh, I said, look, is there any chance that we can go and meet the players or anything after the game? I thought, don't ask, don't get. So we ended up going and meeting all the Argyle lot after the game. And then we went up to a bar in the stadium called Quinn's Bar and had a couple of drinks up there with a few people. And a few people recognised me there. So were you the lad at halftime? I was like, yeah, yeah, I was. But and and that was, you know, before the video was even online. Yeah. And, um, so I thought that was quite funny that people were recognising me, but I hadn't, you know, there's no there's no screen there for them to see my face or anything. So, um, so so I sort of realised at that point that people were already recognising me. And then I went on Facebook the next morning. And it was it probably the video hadn't been on the Sunderland page for more than twelve hours, and it had already had something like a quarter of a million views. And at that point, I was like, "Cool, that's a lot of views." And yeah. My friend Sam, who I was with, he turned to me and said, "You were going to be on Soccer AM next week." And I said, no, "I won't be on Soccer AM <laughs> next week. This is just gonna—it's a flash in the pan. It'll all be over by tonight." And um, and yeah, obviously he was right. I ended up uh, it ended up going massive, three and a half million views in like six days or something. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But um, yeah, no, I, I never thought it would be to this extent. It's no. absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. I mean, even the the sort of uh, ad- adaptations of it. You know, there's the one of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola with you know the yeah. superimposed yeah, faces that. running for the Premier League title and stuff. It's That's uh, right, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? It is bizarre. Yeah. As you say, though, it, it led to you appearing on Soccer AM Weekend Just Gone. How how did all that come about? So uh, I, I was just at work and um, my phone my phone went and I had a quick look at it and uh, it was Plymouth Argyle, uh, the official 
Argyle Twitter page had followed me. And I thought, that's weird. Why are they following me? And then about a minute later, it came up saying I had a message. And uh, it just said, hi, Paddy, you know, we, we've had Soccer AM getting in touch after the video went viral last weekend. And they want, they want to get in touch and get you on the show. So I was just like, yeah, give them my details. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Within 24 hours, I was getting a phone call from uh, a guy called Ash, who's one of the the producers there. And he, he was just saying he wanted to get me and Russell back down to back down to London and uh, get us to do a challenge because, you know, it, it was just so massive. They thought, let's, let's get them on the show, apparently. And yeah, it all, it all just went from there. And they sorted out the travel. They sorted out the, the hotels and everything for us. It was great. And straight up there Friday night after work. And next thing I know, Saturday morning, half past ten, I'm on the show. It's a very, very surreal week for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you presented the, uh, the goals of the week. Section. Well, I tried to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Before you were, again, rudely interrupted. Um, you, you, I think you said on your Facebook page, though, or, or Instagram, I forget which one it was, that you met Russell beforehand, though, didn't you? That's right, yeah. So so he uh, he was booked into the same Premier Inn as me, and uh, I, I went up to the room, and I, I walked back down to reception just to check something. And um, Russell just, just so happened to be checking in as I walked down, and I was like, oh, hello, mate, how's it, how's it going and all that? Had a little bit of a chat with him, and uh, he had a he had a bag in his hand. He said, oh, I've got, I've got you this. And I said, uh, you know, what, what's in here? And in the bag was... Um, a little bottle of uh, some blue fizzy drink called uh, Mini Pops, which apparently is big up north. Uh, there was some Maxim uh, Brown Ale, which, again, is one of his favourite drinks up north, and, and also a Sunderland shirt, So uh, he, you know, which he went and got for me, as I suppose, as an apology for, uh, <laughs> for tripping me. But, uh, yeah, just a really, a really nice gesture from him, and I felt awful I didn't get him anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you say to him that you don't wear red and white stripes, though? Brilliant stuff. Um, well, it's it's great how it's all come about, and fantastic that you've taken it as uh, as such a great sport. Because even the, the the challenge that they set for you and Paddy, you know, it was uh, it was all sort of good, light hearted banter, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was just get down to Soccer AM studio and have a laugh and joke there, and you know, meet meet all the all the guys from their fenners and tubes and. And uh, Jimmy Bullard and all all of them was it, it was again very surreal and something that I a week ago was only just finding out was going to happen and it, it was all over very very quickly. But like I said earlier, how many chances do you get to run around the stadium alike? How yeah. many chances do you get to go on Soccer AM and, and be part of the show? You know, absolutely. And how many times do you get to to you know be the star of a video that's that's gone viral? You know, and been watched three and a half million times. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Well, talking of Argyle then, um, you say you're a season ticket holder, yeah? I am, yes. So you've been going for plenty of years now? Or? Yeah, well, I had I had a season ticket back in like about 99, 2000, and I had it for eight or nine years and then stopped getting it because I used to go with my dad and then he stopped going, so I stopped going. It's only really this season that I... I, I, I go every season, but I never really buy a season ticket. I'll go pretty much every week. But then this year we said, you know what, we we go to basically every game. We just don't buy a season ticket. We're spending so much more money. Let's just get a season ticket, pay it all off in one hit, and then it's something to look forward to every week, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And what have you made of the season so far? <sighs> we've had our ups, we've had our downs. Um, you know, being bottom of the seat, bottom of the table at the start of the season is something that we seem to be doing quite regularly at the minute. Um, that I think the worst moment of this season for me has got to be the um, the Oxford game, the away game to Oxford, and 
just to get to lose 2-0 to a team who were really really struggling just made me think we're, we're in a lot of trouble here yeah. but Derek, Derek Adams as ever he's he's managed to pull them all together all these boys and of new faces at the start of every season um he's managed to get them to play very very well and you know very strong point last week against Luton at home it may have only been a nil-nil draw but to yeah. take a point from the top of the league regardless of where you are in the league it, it's a it's a great result Luton are, Luton are in great, incredible form so and to get the clean sheet as well you know I mean they're a free scoring side aren't they exactly especially since Matt Macy's not been starting for the last few weeks and with Carl Etheran out we, I think we did very very well to keep the clean sheet and um, you know get a solid point from those boys and uh yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's onwards and upwards. A few more wins, and we I think we'll be safe. But it's it's definitely still not. We're still in the relegation battle for sure. Yeah, I, well, think we... I was going to say the recent results. I mean, Argyle, not so much Argyle's results. I mean, as you say, they picked up some fairly decent draws of late. But the gap's closed to three points again now, so it's got everyone a little bit edgy, I guess. It has, it has, and you know, but the gap is only three points. But there are five five teams between us and, and the relegation spots, so you know it, as long as Walsall, Accrington, Scunthorpe, Bristol, and Shrewsbury don't you know pull some amazing wins out the bag because they've still got a hard run of fixtures as well. Yeah. Um, you know we we should in theory be looking like we're we're, we're in a better position than all those teams. Absolutely, but um, it, like I say, it's not it's not far to go. But it is still all to play for, for sure. Yeah. And one final thing, away at Fleetwood on Saturday, are you, are you heading up to Fleetwood? I'm not, no. I've, I've done so much travelling these last two weeks. You know, Sunderland away and yeah. I went to London this weekend. I, I promised my girlfriend I, I wouldn't go to a game this weekend. <laughs> and then she gets me this weekend, not football. Well, did you not tell her it's at Blackpool? Or well, she could have gone to Blackpool for the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> she could have done, but I think she'd much rather stay in, in the south of England. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What's your prediction for the weekend then, Paddy? Uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy one. Fleetwood, obviously, a top-half team. Um, and any away game is a difficult one. I think if we can take a point, then great. Um, but you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a difficult game. I do. I'd say, but my my head says two one Fleetwood, but my heart says two one Plymouth. There we go. Well, let's go with your heart then. Let's let's definitely do that. Absolutely. Well, Paddy, thanks ever so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate uh, you giving up your time. Well done for yeah, for being such a good sport. Me. Yeah. Thank you very much. There we have the chat with Paddy Cording. Now we've um, got a new Facebook page as we keep mentioning on our podcasts. Just search for Argyle Chat on Facebook and you will find our new dedicated page where you can post questions, we can inform you of guests and we'll try and answer any questions you do have during the podcast. We had a couple sent in this week so I'll answer them now. Dave Searle sent in a question saying, looking at the running we have, we have some tough games coming up. The likes of Barnsley, Charlton, Doncaster, etc. We'll need to get maximum points off at least one of those and our record against the top teams at home isn't great. A lot of draws or defeats. And we also have Gillingham and Bristol Rovers, which we can't afford to lose. How do you see the run going? Well, Dave, what I will say is Argyle's home record is quite remarkable, really, when you consider that on Boxing Day, when Argyle lost away 2-1 to AFC Wimbledon, they were bottom of the League One table. Argyle will go into the game against Bristol Rovers on the 23rd of March and it will have been three months since their last defeat at Home Park. Now, I've looked back through the record books and maybe it wasn't that long ago, I can't recall, but it's not often that Argyle go that long without a, a, a loss at home. So that run is something that the team and the fans can take a lot of credit from. 
Yeah, there are some hard games coming up. Barnsley, Charlton, Doncaster, as you mentioned, all are pushing for the playoffs or automatic promotion. What I would say is I haven't done too badly. I don't think a nil-nil draw at home against the table-topping Luton Town is a bad result. Obviously, they did lose to Sunderland um, before Christmas, but I'd argue that I got actually played pretty well in that game. It was a 2-0 defeat in the end, but I don't think it's any embarrassment to lose to a team like Sunderland with the finances that they have. I know finances can't keep being used as an excuse, but when you look at the two teams on paper, you know some of those players that Sunderland have were playing Premier League football not long ago, and Sunderland were a Premier League team just two years ago. It can be easy to forget that now we're playing in League One. Um, Barnsley will be a tough game Charlton will be a tough game and so will Doncaster but I think Argyle have a good chance of doing well you know they they do tend to turn up in some big games what we do need I think is Freddie Ladapo to try and score against a big team his goal scoring record against teams in the top 6 or 7 isn't great and he's been compared to some as a League 1 from Lukaku Um, but I'm confident that with the home form I think Barnsley might be a tough ask, but I think Charlton and Doncaster especially are winnable games with the form that Derek Adams has his team on, especially the likes of Ruben Lemiris, Anthony Sarsavic, Graham Carey and Fred Ladapo are all performing at their best, which they have been recently. So I- I'm not too worried. I think Argo will be safe. I think there's no reason why they can't finish in the top half of the table. And when you look at it, that would be a fantastic finish to the season. Yes, we all agree. I'm sure Derek Adams would agree if he was here that they need to start a season better. But the recent form is superb and that can only be a good thing. Thanks for your question, Dave. So another Dave, David McCartney, has asked a question saying, which players so far this season would you consider for player of the season? Um, We'll be having our vote going live fairly soon. There's only nine games left of the regular season. Um, for me, it's an obvious answer and it's Ruben Lemirius. I think he's been above and beyond what a lot of people expected of him this season. I know he's a fan favourite, which is no surprise given his flair. Um, he's contributed plenty of goals this season. He's the second top goal scorer behind Philly Ladapo. Um, his runs get fans bums off seats. He made one superb run against Shrewsbury on Tuesday night. You'll all know which one I'm talking about. We've got a story about it on our website. So if you haven't seen it, go on SplymouthLive.com and go and have a look. He he ended up, Omar Beckles, the uh, Shrewsbury defender, ended up on his, on his bum on the floor. He ran past two or three Shrewsbury defenders. And unfortunately, his shot was well saved and went out for a corner. If that had gone in, undoubtedly, that would have been one of the contenders for League One goal of the season. Such was the run. But he's been superb this season. I really enjoy watching him play, as I think do most fans. Um, his pass with Carey's got better. He links up well. He makes darting runs. He helps out for the Ladapo. Um, he's just such a dangerous flair player and that's like I said the type of player that really gets fans going at a game Fred Ladapo would also be up there you know he's scored 16 goals this season for our goal 15 in League 1 I believe Um, I think Chris Errington my colleague who you'll all know well did a piece saying he's only the second striker to score more than 15 goals in the season for our goal this century I think Ruben Reid will be the other one which again shows how well he's done and I, I don't think he's always been appreciated as much as He possibly should be. You know, some fans calling for Ryan Taylor to be starting ahead of him at some parts of the season. Um, But those are my main two, I would say. I would definitely be between them and I'll be shocked if Ruben Lemuris didn't get it. So those are the two questions we've had. Like I said, any more questions, please send them into our Facebook page. Normally there'll be more than just me here discussing it, but Chris Errington um, is on a well-deserved day off today. Next up is Fleetwood. Um, 
that's away uh, Highbury this Saturday. Me and Chris will be travelling up on Friday and we'll be live blogging the game. Fleetwood go into the game, Joey Barton's Fleetwood go into the game off the back of some not very good results. On Tuesday night, they lost 2 1 to Coventry, and before that, they lost 2 0 to Walsall and drew 1 1 with Gillingham. Gillingham and Walsall both battling relegation at the moment. Freddie, sorry, uh, they'll be wanting to go into this game trying to get back to winning ways, especially in front of their home crowd. Um, Joey Barton will have his team fired up for it, I'm sure. But there's no reason in my mind why the form that Argyle are on, they can't go there and pick up a win um, and move further away from relegation. Um, it's a good chance for Argyle to pick up some points before a home game against uh, Bristol Rovers side next, next the weekend after that haven't lost away for almost as long as Argyle are unbeaten at home. I think Fleetwood will be there for the taking. If Argyle's players can play as well as we know they can, there's no reason why they can't do well. Anthony Sarsavik coming up against another one of his former clubs. He should be fired up for it. So I'm going to predict that Argyle do get a 1-0 or 2-1 win in that game. So there we have it. I briefly covered it all. Like I said, you don't want to listen to my voice for too long. We had a good chat with Paddy. We're hoping to have some more exciting guests in the near future. Just trying to get a time where the person in question is free. So keep an eye out for that. Thanks for joining me. And I'll be back, hopefully with some friends, next week.